What's up, you couple bunch of dirtbags? This is episode 122 of the Midwest Angle Podcast. Scott Sturm and Matt Deitch. I'm back for the intro. He's back for the intro. Thank <laughs> God, because I I struggled through the intro and the outro last week. And uh, yeah, you're not much to look at, Matt, but you're a valuable part of this podcast. Well, I can just at least have somebody to talk. You know, you can look at somebody and talk with somebody. So that's right. It's not just. It is. It's kind of like the we've talked about it before. You don't know what to do with your hands when you're <laughs> just kind of. <laughs> yep. No, it was the rumors out there that are going around and aren't true that you know we got into an argument because you caught a bigger fish than me or anything like that. And so I mean, we did, <laughs> we did, but but it wasn't it wasn't podcast divorce worthy. Uh, no. Uh, for those of you that are new, uh, welcome to the podcast. This is the Midwest Angler Podcast. Um, we, you are now a dirtbag. You are now a dirtbag. And and for those of you that are like, what? Like, who the heck is this? D- this dirtbag. Yeah. Call me a dirtbag. Yeah, who is this guy? Like, you don't be you don't be saying that about me. Uh, no, that that's it, it's not a bad it's that's, not a bad term. It's an honorary term. It's an honorary term. It is. Like, I mean, this is it's it's like sir or madame. Yep. Is, it, is it madam or madame? I, whatever, whatever. You think different? Trigger. Do you think different parts of the the world say it different? Oh, I'm sure they do. Okay, I don't know why I said madame, but I feel like <laughs> I I gotta tell you I gotta tell you a joke quick. So Tyler Clawson, this is a buddy of mine who like I mean he is he is not uh, he's not wild at all like pretty tame guy. So we were like in kindergarten or first grade one time, and uh, Tyler does knock knock. Who's there? Madame. Madame who? Madame foot stuck in the door. <laughs> <laughs> like the teacher, knowing that Tyler wasn't that type of guy, like her jaw just dropped, and I had to just say that. Uh, no, so That's no, a good uh, one. that was good. So uh, nope, uh, yeah, you are now a dirtbag if you're listening to this show. So uh, congratulations on uh, <laughs> on earning the title. Uh, if you're new here, uh, hit the like, the subscribe button um, helps us out and definitely yeah. does. So no, uh, Matt, we we did we got out and we we did a little fishing this last week. We did. It was a lot of fun. About time uh, we leaned on a couple uh, leaned on a couple bass and yeah, uh, the wind was still windy i mean yep. we were just able to get to a spot where we were out of the wind so and uh yeah it continues to be windy it continues to not be very nice no it's not warming up like they said i mean if we could just get into some like 60 and se- just some consistent one day you're sweating to beat heck and then the next day you got sweatshirts and sweatpants back on because it's so cold just give us some consistent stuff it's hard to wrap your brain around it mentally it is you know like one day it's shorts next day Eh, I'm thinking about digging a jacket out again. Right. I think that's I. I think this is really hard on people's immune systems. It, it seems to be. I don't. You it's know, kind of I mean, a roller coaster. Yeah. Definitely. So, whatever. Just stay inside and eat chicken wings. That's all a person can do. Yep. Listen to podcasts, and if you want to, watch some Jason Mitchell outdoors uh, television. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. You will not be, uh, guys. This is one that we've been wanting for a long time, and we finally got him. Uh, we got Jason Mitchell on the show uh, today on this episode, on episode 122. We're excited. Definitely excited. We are excited. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. You can sit and listen to us talk about chicken wings. You can sit and listen to us talk bad jokes, uh, <laughs> you know, all sorts of stuff. But, uh, hey, let's be honest. You uh, 
you clicked on this uh, episode to to hear one guy and uh yeah we're gonna go over and talk to jason and we're here today with jason mitchell jason how you doing great thanks for having me on guys thanks for taking the time and uh chatting with us you bet you bet so what do you what are you up to tonight jason well just uh hooking up to the boat and, and hitting the road you know we were they actually filmed a, a shore fishing episode today oh nice on a little river you know we had waders on and stuff but i mean it was just uh, a, a river you know i mean the deepest water was maybe four or five feet granted the water's low this year you know because we've been so dry but uh something we wanted to kind of showcase because you know in this world you know where you know boats are expensive and people have all kinds of stuff you know all kinds of equipment and stuff you know i think uh one thing that might happen is that you know people look at that and they oh i don't have all that kind of stuff and so i can't catch any fish and and nothing is further from the truth you know i mean you don't need a lot of equipment to go out and have a good time and catch a lot of fish you know and there's some really good quality fishing opportunities even from shore you know whether even northern iowa east and south dakota you know in the spring and in the fall especially you know you can catch some really nice walleyes just from shore with i mean i had my cackle box in my pocket you know and yep. uh, no side imaging no i can't even tell you how warm the water was you know and um I think that's important for people to know about, you know, all this awesome fishing and you don't have to have all kinds of stuff to do it. Well, we know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, me and Matt right here in the town we live in, uh, we've got a river that comes through with some really nice sets of rapids and uh, you just bring a couple eighth ounce jig heads and a couple, uh, you know, twister tails, paddle tails, and you can have fun for a whole entire afternoon. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we filmed that today and it was really cool. And I grew up, you know, like a lot of kids, you know, riding my bike to the river, and fishing from shore. That's all I had, you know, as a kid, just, you know, fishing from shore every chance I could, you know. So it kind of brought back some memories, you know. It's pretty cool. Something I probably don't get to do enough of, so. Yeah, I think that we all kind of overlook that. You know, sometimes Scott and I will just be like, you know, let's just run down to the river tonight for an hour or two and see what we can catch. I mean, we have great smallmouth in here. I mean, yeah, northerns, walleyes uh catfish so yeah i mean sometimes people forget about it and it is always nice to kind of get back to what your roots were absolutely now jason uh you know we're, we're from down here uh close to the iowa great lakes and here in the next week or two uh uh, Minnesota's walleye and, and just fishing opener in general is uh, going to be happening uh, so we wanted to pick your brain uh what what are some ticks tips and tricks uh to help some you know people probably like me you know who aren't spectacular walleye fishermen uh get some fish in the boat uh this walleye season well you know every lake will have its own personality and every you know every fishery can set up a little different so sometimes there's not like a you know like a rubber stamp you know one size fits all with fishing but uh you know a lot of times what i like to do if it's possible is i like to target smaller lakes at times you know uh this year i think we're, we're a little bit ahead of schedule you know, with the water temps and stuff you know early ice out early spring but um a lot of times you know your your small lakes will fish really well early on not to say that your big lakes won't i mean you know i've, been, I've seen many years where leech lake and malax and you know the big uh more notorious fisheries are on fire over the opener you know but um you know, you can a lot of times, you know, catch fish on small lakes. And what I like to do is uh, use my temperature gauge. I mean, it's not always foolproof. I mean, you know, the fish don't always abide by this. But I find that by and large, 
you know, that, that warmer water is getting pushed around the lake, you know, with different wind directions. We've had a lot of wind this spring, you know, and I like to just drive around and look at those water temperatures. And, you know, if you see, so, you know, say if it's a couple degrees warmer along a particular shoreline, wind's blowing in there, or, you know, you go back into a bay and, you know, say it's a 10 foot bay, dark bottom, and it's protected from the main body of water, the main basin, and it's say three degrees warmer than the main basin, you know, that's a pretty good uh, area to start. I mean, a lot of times I, I catch fish early in the year by just looking at that temperature gauge. It's probably more important than anything else. And um, and I don't know if you can go wrong early in the year, you know, targeting fish shallow. Not all the fish are going to be shallow. In some lakes, you know, the, the bite is good deep right away, you know. But uh, by and large, you know, casting or pitching jigs, you know, especially in Minnesota, you know, a lot of these lakes, a jig and a shiner, a jig and a minnow is pretty tough to beat. You know, if you find warmer water, in either some sand or maybe some new emerging weed growth or some rock and gravel, you know, some type of structure coming off the shorelines. A lot of times that's a good bet. Now, you will find fish offshore at times, but uh, by and large, early in the year, I find that I can, you know, I can I can run the bank or fish structure that's coming off the shoreline, you know. And so those are just general rules of thumb. Uh, but, you know, you know, and then it's a process of elimination. You try something you think should work, and if they're not there, then maybe you try deeper, you you just keep moving around until you find them, you know, but uh, uh, those are just, you know, I guess general rules of thumb that I try to follow and, you know, usually work pretty well for me. So. Is, is there like a certain time of day that you think that they're more active or do you think that just has to do kind of maybe with the temperature through, you know, with the water warming up? You know, every lake is different. I mean, there's right. some lakes obviously where it's, it's like sunset, you know, and even after dark is when it gets easy, right? Uh, and it depends on where you're at, you know, I mean, I know people that, catch you know they, they wait till midnight on the minnesota opener and they catch walleyes off their dock you know yeah. and uh during the middle of the day you might not be able to do that you know so there's something to be said for that but uh what i find early in the years a lot of times late afternoon is a pretty good time because the water will bump up a few degrees and that'll get those fish going at times but um every lake will fish a little different i mean there's some lakes that just fish really well after dark you know especially Lakes that are really clear, lakes that have zebra mussels, uh, those lakes have a, you know, you know, predominantly, you know, if you have like feeder creeks and stuff coming in too, you know, a lot of times these males will hang around for a long time, you know, around some of these areas where these fish are spawning earlier. And so, you know, that's always an option or a productive or prominent pattern. But uh, I don't know, you know, sometimes too, you know, if you're just out fishing, sometimes I find that if you get things in your head, it, it makes you a worse fisherman. Like, if you think, yeah, you can't catch fish during the day, only the first hour of daylight and the last hour of daylight are the only times that are good, and the rest of the time it's not going to be good. Tell you what, if you have that in your head, you're going to have a hard time catching fish during the day, you know. And so sometimes, you know, you know you're know, you better off not thinking so hard with fishing. You just go out <laughs> and fish and try to put it together that day, you know. And, and you know what, I mean, Hey, if you're if you're struggling and if you've had a you know say you put four or five hours in on a lake and it's not happening, beautiful thing about a lot of places in Minnesota is you can load the boat and go ten miles down the road and find a completely different ecosystem. You know, it'll be colder, it'll be warmer, it'll be you know dirtier water, whatever. You know, I mean, you can just you can you can lake hop so much too in Minnesota, which is pretty nice. So, no doubt about it. Down here in Northwest Iowa, where we're at. Uh... That's not quite the same. Uh, we we got to drive an hour just to get to the nearest lake. But, yeah, South Dakota, Minnesota, they, they're a lot luckier than us. Yeah, but you even look at, like, say, Big Spirit, Okaboji, and you know, each of those bays and each of those lakes has its own personality. 
Yeah. You know, sure. and so, and, and sometimes I'll go forward or backward, like say, like, you know, like, like in North Dakota and South Dakota, you know, we don't have a full season. And so a lot of times we're working around the spawn and, you know, people say, oh, you know, don't, don't fish during the spawn. They're really susceptible. Well, maybe to a snagging hook, but I mean, there's a period of time where those fish are really hard to catch when they are spawning. And so a lot of times, you know, you'll like go up or you'll go somewhere where the fish haven't spawned yet, or you'll try to get ahead and think, okay, you know, where's the spot where, where's an area of the lake where the fish spawned say a week ago, and they're starting to come up into that shallow water and soak up some sunshine in their post spawn, you know? So sometimes, you know, you're trying to work around that too, but you know, sometimes you can go from one bay to the next and it's almost like traveling back and back in time or 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 traveling forward in time you know as far as where the patterns are you'll even see it with bug hatches you'll see it with everything you know where you can kind of go backwards or forwards when you do have a when you do have a complex system like with where you're at in the iowa great lakes where you've got all these different you know bays and lakes that are all kind of connected you all call it one but if you you know you're spending time down there you think boy this bay fishes way differently than the bay a mile away you know and so that's something to consider too no doubt about it um yeah you know moving along jason uh you you do a lot of interviews you do a lot of tv shows and and you know a lot of it is about walleyes and, and fishing in general but uh me and matt wanted to do something a little bit different and possibly ask you a couple questions that maybe you've never been asked before so uh okay. I'll, I'll get it started here uh a while back <laughs> a while back on our uh on our show uh, me and Matt uh, had a, had a conversation on who who would win a wing eating competition, a chicken wing eating competition between you and Craig Oiler. Well, this first it first started off with eight eight people, and you made the finals. You made the finals. Yep, and uh, it was you versus <laughs> it was you versus Craig Oiler, and uh, Matt actually said that he thought Craig would beat you. And uh, I text Craig, and Craig said, "Yeah, I can do pretty good, but I think Mitchell would get me." How do you feel you'd stack up against Oiler in a wing eating competition? Well, I, I you know I don't like to brag, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and if you say you're gonna beat anybody or anything, you know it's like knock on wood. You know, like you never say nothing before a fishing tournament. You know, if you wanna if you wanna jinx yourself, talk about all the fish you're catching at the rules meeting. You know, I mean, you know, you just don't you just don't do that, right? And uh, so, but I I mean. I've never lost an eating competition. Okay, <laughs> some of it is you gotta you gotta understand my lifestyle. Where I'm like a bowl constrictor. Okay, we're all fish for three days without a real meal. And I'll be eating like bananas at a gas station. And then finally, I get off the water and I go in and I eat somewhere. And it's like I'm like an anaconda. Where I mean, I, I mean, people are shocked at how much you know I can eat because I'm not the biggest guy in the room. You know. And uh, so I've never had a problem eating. You know, I can put a lot of food away in a hurry. So I don't know. I mean, I uh, Craig's a stud. I mean, I think I'd give him a good hard run for his money. I, I'd go down swinging, that's for sure. Yeah, I think I mean, you got him. No, I mean, it depends I... on the technicalities, you know. I mean, how, how clean you need your bone. I mean, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Craig's probably a cheater. Well, I don't know, but I'm just saying, I mean, I'm never scared to eat against anybody in that regard. I'm just... You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, this is wiry dude that can put a lot of <laughs> when I have to. Okay, I got a couple questions off of that, Ben. Uh, are you a boneless or a traditional wing guy? Either way. I Well, no, I'm a traditional wing. I mean, yeah. I, I like the bone in the wing. I, I've eaten boneless wings at gas stations and 
bars and stuff when it's 10 o'clock at night and it's the only thing that's available, yeah, I'll eat it. But I'd rather have a bone-in wing. That's a real wing to me. All right. What flavor? Any of them, as long as I can still breathe through my nose because it's not so hot. You know? yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, I don't care. We run into some barbecue sauce that is just too hot for Scott. Yeah. He's not a he's not a heat guy. I'm so. not a spice guy. <laughs> okay, ranch or blue cheese? I'm more of a blue cheese guy. Really? So is Euler. Oh, no way. No way. <laughs> you know, I think Euler and I would be a really good pair to team up. Like, you know, you put Euler and I against somebody. Like us you know, two? I mean, I oh, whatever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to hook that up. Yeah. Yeah. I think Euler would be a pretty good wingman, I think. Oh, we've eaten wings with Euler, so like... We know that he can put him down. He walked right out of the restaurant without even wiping his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the kind of, I mean, I fish with him, so I know he's the kind of guy that'll fish all day with maybe a bottle of Mountain Dew, and that's it, right? And that's the whole key is if you're a grazer, if you're eating all the time, I don't think you'd be much of a threat in this. But if you can fish for one or two days without a real, without a meal, then when you do sit down, it's like the minnows are jumping out of the water. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a it's a major feeding window. So oh, yeah, the shark has entered the the room. <laughs> There's blood in the water. You know. <laughs> All right, I got my, my first one for you is you know with this last year with everything going on and people going crazy buying toilet paper, if there were going to discontinue one fishing lure, what would you go crazy and buy in bulk? Oh man, you know. I don't even know how to tell you how much tackle and fishing stuff I have. So, I mean, I've got like a lifetime stash of stuff, but, um, goodness, I don't know. You know what? I, you know what? So when, when things started going down, one thing I did stockpile is minnows and bait. I mean, I, I mean, I remember like last spring when thinking, geez, lockdown, I didn't you know. Nobody knew what was going to happen. I mean, I actually like set up like a cooler in my shop with aeration and filtration and, I had enough minnows to survive the apocalypse. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'd have lots of bait, I guess, because oh, that's uh, a good one. I got lots of tackle, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the worst weather you've ever fished in? Oh, I don't know. I fished in plenty. I mean, cold weather. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guided for, you know, almost 15 years, and, you know, people are here on their trips. They want to fish no matter what, you know, and I can't blame them. And, yeah, you know, there's a lot of days where it's, you know, you know, 30 below zero and 30 mile an hour winds and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's pretty common, you know, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, we've been on some pretty rough water and rough conditions. I mean, sometimes we try to use our heads and try to avoid some of that stuff we can, but sometimes you get caught in it, you know, but, um, I've been in some hellacious storms, like with hail, you know, like the size of marbles are bigger hitting me and, you know, and I remember like everybody like ducking, trying to hide from it, you know, and I got to look up enough to read my GPS or see where I'm going, driving across the lake. And <laughs> if I sit, sit there and go three miles an hour where it doesn't hurt so bad, you don't go anywhere, you know, and if you go 10, 15 miles an hour and those hail hits you, it really Feels helps like you. paintballs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can remember times being caught in storms where I had blood running down my forehead. Oh, and hit by hail, you know, but uh, that's probably the worst, I think. Yeah, I don't know if it could get much worse than that. All right, my next one is, uh, if someone asked to be your apprentice and learn all you know, what would be the first thing you taught them? Oh, humility. That's a good one. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, fishing's humbling, and, uh, and, I, and I think, you know, whether you're trying to learn something, 
I think you have to be, you know, you have to be unassuming and modest and humble that way where you just soak things in. And, you know, usually, you know, you don't get to soak as much in if you're, you know, if you're the one that's always talking, right? If nobody else gets a word in ed- edgewise, you just like hear yourself talk. That's just a recipe for failure in my mind. And so, uh, uh, and that's something, you know, I've had, you know, trying to mentor young people is, you know, you pull them aside and kind of cool them in like, hey, listen more than you talk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> don't think you're great because, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, so say if somebody's like, say 20, 25 years old, whatever, you know, I mean, even if they fished a lot during that time that they've been on this earth, you know, I mean, it's, it's still, you know, people that have spent a way more time and, you know, try to learn it and then uh, be appreciative, you know, and, and acknowledge the people that helped you get where you are. I mean, I had so many incredible mentors and, you know, people that helped me and taught me a lot of things about fishing. I mean, boy, I was I lucky to really... And there are people you, you'll never hear of, you know, I mean, just hardcore fish heads never wanted to, I mean, they hate social media <laughs> to this day, you know, they'll never stop what they're doing to take a picture yep. that somebody could possibly see where they're fishing. It's like, no way, you know, but they are just hardcore fish heads. And uh, that's, you know, I really consider myself lucky and blessed that I get to spend so much time around so many great anglers like that, you know, and. And it definitely speeds up the learning curve when you can fish with really good anglers. Boy, it uh, makes a big difference, you know. And, uh, and the only way they're going to take you under your wing is if you, you know, if you listen and if you keep your mouth shut and and be appreciative and, and be modest, you know. And and uh, that's, to me, that's the uh, easiest way to get ahead in the industry is just try to get that mentorship. Well, that rolls right into my next question, Jason. Uh, who's the single biggest influence on your career? Well, I've had a lot of really good people. I mean, when I was growing up in Minot, North Dakota, you know, we fished the Missouri River system and Lake Sakakawea, Lake Audubon, and a lot of that water over there. And I had some tremendous mentors. You know, there's one guy in particular named Bob Hagelin that took me fishing a lot when I was a kid. And obviously my dad took me too. And, and um, But there were just a lot of good people in that area, really, really good anglers. And I think what it was, there wasn't a lot of people. It was really big fisheries. And since there wasn't a lot of people, you know, you just had to get good at finding fish and then being a reservoir you know the fish moved a lot things changed a lot the water levels changed i mean one year it would be at a certain point then the next year it'd be 10 feet higher than the year after that'd be 30 feet lower i mean the water table was all over the board and so you had to relearn it every year and there wasn't enough boats out there back then it'd be like monkey see monkey do where you see 10 people doing something on one spot you go in there and join them and catch fish you know, there just wasn't that many bolts out there, you know, at least on the east end of the lake back then. And so, you know, you just had to learn to just, you know, kind of fly by the seat of your pants and look for fish. And uh, that was probably one of the best lessons. And then, you know, I came over to Devil's Lake when I was in my early 20s and started guiding over here. And, and there were some really good anglers over here, you know, that I started running with. Uh, uh, you know, Zippy and I became good friends, and then Dave Tronson, Jim Legacy, you know, ice fishing. And then there's a guy named Mike Shell that I guided with in the summertime, and they were just really, really good anglers. You know, they spent their whole year. You know, Bruce Bonzer was another one. And so those were the kind of, you know, fish heads, you know, that I learned from, you know, just guys that spent a lot of time on a body of water. And then as my career progressed, you know, I, you know, met a lot of people. You know, Tony Dean had a huge impact on me, you know, as far as just uh, teaching me the promotional side of things and how to deal with the public, you know, and, and how to treat people and uh, the television side of things. And even, you know, and then the business side of things, you know, Tony had a, a tremendous impact on me, but uh, I've had a lot of great examples and 
mentors and, you know, people to kind of follow and get advice from and to emulate, you know, throughout my career. So I've been pretty lucky that way. Nice. So uh, are you a text message guy or a call talk on the telephone? Oh, you know, either or. I mean, I text is easier because I can fire off a quick text and get back to fishing. Nothing infuriates me more than losing or missing a fish because of my phone. And so, I mean, I know, you know, social media and all this stuff is important. And I, I probably don't do as good of a job as I should. In fact, I'm actually hiring a, a, a young man to come in and, and start working for us. And I'm going to try to coach him on that where he can kind of do a lot of that stuff for me because it's hard to fish and do all this other stuff, you know. And um, I don't know. I mean, some of these people, I think they'd rather, you know, be on Instagram or do whatever than fish. And it's like, I, you know, I'm just not built that way. I'd, I'd rather fish till dark. And and I do this stuff, the other stuff, because I have to. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I get in the zone where I'm all, I, all I'm thinking about is fishing and where I'm going to catch the next fish. And to stop and do anything else is, is painful for me, you know. So I like it short and sweet when it comes to anything on the phone. And do you think that has to do with, like, when you were growing up, like, when in your younger fishing days, not having that phone on your side, and you were just out there to fish, and when you got home, you got home? Now it's just like, yeah. it's like anybody can get a hold of you at any time now when you're out there. Yeah, it definitely has. Uh, probably some bearing on that, you know. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any of that stuff. And so um, I could have never imagined, you know, back then that, you know, take a picture of a fish and, and you're trying to think, hmm, should I post it now or should I wait for two days? Because if I post it now, there might be five boats in here by dark and I yep. need to catch a few more fish out of here, you know. And so <laughs> now you almost have to be kind of strategic with it. And, you know, that's something I've learned, too, is like, don't post pictures too soon. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Learn some of those lessons the hard way, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, or, you know make sure you spin it around where people can't tell by the background where it's, I mean, it's amazing. I've never looked at a picture and just analyzed it trying to figure out where somebody was because I just don't care. You know I mean? I'll go out and fish and whatever. I mean, I'll take all the help and intel I can get whatever, but I don't just sit there and nitpick and, and analyze something trying to, you know, trying to find fish that way. But it's amazing. There's a lot of people that will and do, you know? And so you almost have to be careful that way too, where, you know, you, uh, uh, you know, have to be conscious of your backgrounds and things like that, too, because otherwise you're going to have company, you know, so. Well, no doubt about it. Uh, Jason, could you beat Scott Mockentoon in a thumb wrestling? Oh, I don't know. He's a pretty big guy. <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> Got seven-inch thumbs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he probably has like four-inch thumbs. You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'd have to be quick. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> He's our resident. I don't like light. losing. I don't like losing anything, you know. So yeah. I try. <laughs> no, he could probably take me. <laughs> if you could speak uh, any other language, which would what would it be? Or can you speak multiple languages? No, I just speak English. I I never even thought about it to be honest with you. I I have no idea. Any other language? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I have no idea. Maybe some type of Chinese so that uh, if I ordered something over in China to be made, I could communicate. I don't know, but I've never, you know, I always had brokers and stuff whenever we did that stuff. So, uh, maybe, goodness. Maybe Dutch or German so you could go catch some of those Xander or Big Perch over there. 
Oh yeah, that would be that would yeah that would be solid absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza? Pineapple on pizza? Yep. You know, I'm a I I I'm strictly a carnivore. Yeah. You know, I, I realize that the dough is made out of wheat, which is a plant, but other than that, I mean, I uh, I uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty strict to my diet. I'm a strict carnivore. I don't eat many vegetables or fruit. That's it doesn't have blood about. in it. I have no interest. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll eat salads and stuff once in a while. But you know, I don't it's kind you. of funny. <laughs> I, I'm kind of picky where like, I don't like things touching on my plate. Like, oh, okay. You know, and I'll eat things one at a time on my plate. I don't know why. I've always been that way. But um, So that's just uh, that's a little intel for us right there for this winging so contest. I, so. like, yeah. I like pineapple <laughs> and I like fruit and stuff, but it's got to be like, you know, with pineapple and, you know, it's got to be just eating fruit i mean mixing stuff together no i mean yeah just put i mean i like like green peppers and i love mushrooms on pizza and stuff but like a meat lover's pizza or something with meat on it i'm all about that so. oh yeah what, what would you say the strangest thing in your boat is if somebody was to oh. get into your boat and be like what in the heck is that in here for hmm boy i've got a saw in my boat <laughs> so, tell us why <laughs> for getting into spots where i can cut my way into spots and timber ah do you ever tell anybody it's for hook removal purposes <laughs> <laughs> no but i should <laughs> there you go be like oh, we don't use the line trick here we just got the saw with we'll the saw it right off <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> jason when you were growing up what did you want to be oh doing what i'm doing i mean i just was obsessed with fishing it's all i ever thought about it's all i ever wanted to do was fish i never had any i mean i have no other interest i could care less about anything else i mean people talk about movies they talk about this or that and i it just goes right over my head i could care less about nothing unless it's fishing so and a little bit of hunting oh yeah and hunting too yeah but if i'm not fishing i'm hunting or or if i'm not doing those things i'm thinking about it or i'm in my office hustling so i can get back to doing it so Definitely, that's awesome. Um, all right, my next one is: uh, Do you have a guilty pleasure fish? One that everybody kind of docks down on. You don't necessarily like to make it known that you enjoy catching, but you know you kind of love to do it. <laughs> Probably largemouth. Oh, <laughs> hey, yeah, I was gonna oh, say that's yeah. not a guilty pleasure. All right, that's not a guilty pleasure. <laughs> I, I love fishing for bass. I mean, I don't ever get to do it enough, you know. But, uh, I mean, I love small malls and I love large malls, but I love bass fishing. I mean, I bass fish every, if, put it this way, if I'm on a lake and there's really good walleyes and really good large malls or whatever, I'd rather fish for the bass. I mean, I catch all the walleyes I want. Maybe that's part of it is, you know, where I live and the fact that I, you know, I've got really good walleye fishing, you know, right out my door here. But uh, uh, I love to fish for bass whenever I can. I, I feel like I'm going to edit this thing up where I put that on repeat just a couple times. <laughs> just let people know. <laughs> let people know. I mean, I, I love fishing for everything, though, really. I mean, I've, you know, right. I, I, you know I mean, I, I, as a kid, I fished for bullheads a lot, you know. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. Covers, we... You know, I mean, I, I, I fish, you know, whatever, whatever would bite, I fish for, you know, so. We, yeah. we talk about that a lot on here. Like if we're we're going out and we're walleye fishing, then all of a sudden we get into a good crappie bite. Well, guess what? We're crappie fishing now. You know, I mean, we're. Oh yeah. I mean, we equal opportunists here. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Jason, are you a coffee drinker? 
not much. I drink once in a while, you know, I'll have some coffee and stuff, but I, it doesn't, you know, if I don't have it, it's, I get by fine without it. So do you have any sort of caffeine in the morning or you're just, uh, waking up and ready to rock? Yeah, I try to be waking up and ready to rock. I mean, I, I probably, you know, I used to drink a lot of Mountain Dew growing up, but I've been trying to get away from that just to stay in better shape and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I've drinking plenty of soda or pop in my life, but uh, yep. try not to drink as much of it now. Well, Scott drinks enough for both of us. Yeah, that, ain't, that ain't joking. <laughs> you, uh, when you're in the boat, you uh, wearing sandals or are you a tennis shoe type of guy? Oh, I wear flip flops or sandals most of the summer, or even go barefoot. But um, yeah, you know, earlier on, obviously, I'll wear I'll wear you know either boots or or shoes. So. All right, uh, Jason, what's the most valuable thing you've ever dropped through the ice? Mm, several phones. Um, boy, I can't think. I mean, I know we've dropped rods, and I know we've dropped all kinds of stuff, but probably a cell phone's the most painful, you know, especially I don't ever back up anything the way I should, and then the thing, you know, then you know, you lose everybody's phone numbers, you lose every, you know, all the photos that you had and stuff, and obviously it's different now with iCloud and stuff like that, but uh, goodness, you know, back in the day, I'd drop a phone through the ice, through the, in the lake, and, and I've done that several times, and it'd take me like a week just to get sorted out and caught up. <laughs> it's <was> like a, <laughs> a big event, you know, but uh, yeah, that's probably the worst thing is dropping phones. All right, out of all your fishing friends, who is most likely to fall overboard? You got one friend that just one fishing buddy that just is always off balance in the boat, ready to go, or or maybe one that you would like to throw overboard when you're fishing with them. Oh, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Hmm. Oh, Merwin. Yeah, Merwin's got leg legs on him. He's hmm. pretty steady. Right. No, but I mean, maybe throw him over. He's trying to photo <laughs> photo bomb you or something like that. No, I, I enjoy Merwin. I'm trying to think. Hmm. And if there's nobody, there's nobody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If there's nobody, there's nobody. All right. Yeah, I, I, you know, I got a pretty small circle of people I fish with too. Though, if I had a bigger circle, maybe I would come in contact with more people that I would want to kick out of my circle. So I... <laughs> <laughs> Scott always is looking at me kind of funny in the back of the boat, so I kind of get worried sometimes. One of these days, he's going out. I keep my head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah. I was going for the net, I swear. <laughs> no, if uh, if Scott Merwin and Kevin Paul were both fall overboard, who do you think could swim to shore fastest? Hmm... Boy. Oh, man. I think I'd have to rescue both of them. You would? <laughs> <laughs> well, you need somebody to go grab the pickup at the dock. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I would have to stop whatever I was doing and save them both. Nah, that's a good call. <laughs> what? What? Now out fishing and stuff like that you probably run into fans people recognizing you and all that stuff what's the craziest fan inter interaction that you've had is there any oh you know i've had some weird deals where people came to my house late at night oh really, really? <laughs> yeah oh man <laughs> Jeez. i would say that's crazy 
Yeah, it kind of freaks my wife out, you know. Well, I'm you know, sure I mean, it does. Like, you, know, I, you know, we got three little kids now, you know, at the time, I think we had two, you know, and they're little. And you know how it is at night, you're trying to get them to bed, and we're very dysfunctional and trying to do the best we can. And, you know, and you're dealing with all this stuff, and somebody doesn't want to put their PJs on and blah, blah, blah. And somebody's crying, somebody's screaming, whatever, and all of a sudden the dog starts barking and knock, knock, knock. God, who is this? You know, and. Hey, do you think I could catch a walleye on this? <laughs> That's a quick question. You're not busy, are you? <laughs> oh, man. But no, I mean, no, I mean, I, I tell you what, though. I mean, we've had so many neat interactions, and uh, you know, met so many great people. I mean, I don't know whether we're you know eating supper somewhere at night or you know filling up with gas or something somewhere at a gas station or you know whatever i mean we we meet a lot of neat people and and truly appreciate i mean you know this business is much about people as it's about fish oh definitely you know those people enabled me to have a pretty incredible life you know and so um yeah i mean it it, we do get to meet a lot of neat people and, and really appreciate those people because without them you know the show doesn't exist you know and so uh it's pretty cool to run into so many people that's for sure nice now jason what's been the single biggest challenge of your career mm. you know as it's, it's crazy as it sounds probably just communicating i mean i grew up just fishing and just being a hardcore fanatical fanatical fisherman and uh i didn't have five words for anybody you know i was the kind of guy that if he came fishing by me i would pull my hat down and ugh, you know, <laughs> you know, just you know, back trolling. You know, you know, just you know, just keep doing my thing, and you know, and not really wasn't really very sociable. You know, and um, I don't know why I was that way when I was young. I suppose just you know, it's what I thought I had to be, or what I thought I had to do, or whatever. And then um, I realized, you know, you know, as much as I loved fishing, if I was going to make a living fishing. You know, I couldn't ever be a jerk to anybody, you know, or be perceived that way, you know. And uh, and then I realized, you know, once I got in the industry, that I really enjoyed people, you know. And so, you know, when I when I started guiding, you know, that's one of the things I just fell in love with is just, you know, the people, you know, and taking people out fishing. I just love taking people fishing and trying to show them a good time. And, um, you know, and, and just found that I just, you know, that was really where my passion was. But... Uh, you know, uh, being able to, you know, speak in front of people and stuff. I mean, goodness, I, I, I probably did my first seminar, uh, you know, I was in my early 20s, you know, at a sports show. And uh, I was so scared and so nervous. I, I there was a couple of times before the sports show, I thought, oh, I'm going to call them and just tell them I can't do this. And then I would look around, they had signs posted up all over and stuff. And, and uh, thinking, oh, how am I going to do this? And, you know, and, you know, and, you know, I mean, I've had some great fishing days i've had some great success but i've also had some terrible days fishing you know and i'm thinking i just pictured you know, i mean that there's probably many people that have fished with me that probably weren't impressed <laughs> yeah we fished with them all day and we didn't catch hardly anything you know and you're thinking man what if that one of those what if, what if that guy from last summer that from iowa that we you know fished all day and only caught one fish or whatever what if he's there you know <laughs> he's gonna be throwing stuff at me you know and um you know and i just uh I was scared to death to, to to speak in front of people and you know even doing television when we first started out you know i mean it was uh you know i was pretty reserved you know and and uh pretty low-key which i still am i mean i think that's just my personality or my demeanor you know but uh um 
you know, just, uh, I guess, communicating or talking, you know, and, and, uh, you know, that was probably the, the biggest challenge of my career was just trying to, I guess, get out of that bubble, I guess. Um, you know, and I always thought, you know, I mean, you, you can't go wrong just being yourself, you know, and so I'm not really a rah-rah kind of guy. I've, I don't know how many, you know, I'm not saying this to brag, but, you know, I, I you know, spent, uh, you know, made a living on a, on a phenomenal fishery for many years where we just caught a lot of fish. You know, the lake makes you look good. You're only as good as the lake that you're on. And so, you know, I'm on a phenomenal fishery where we catch a lot of fish, you know, and so if I catch an 18-inch walleye, I'm not going to jump up and down and do backflips, you know, I'm just glad that I caught one, but I'm thinking about how am I going to catch the next one, you know, and, and um, you know, never really been really, you know, uh, I guess over the top, you know, and um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty reserved, you know, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to think how to catch them, you know, and so, I've never been that guy and, and at the end of the day I have to be comfortable in my own shoes and just be myself, you know, which I think is good advice for anybody is just whoever you are, just be yourself, you know, but, uh, um, but at the end of the day, I found too, though, that if you just tell people the truth and, uh, you know, and, and, and try to be sincere and helpful and authentic, you know, then uh, whatever your quirks or flaws are, you know, people overlook or at least uh, let you buy, give you a pass, you know, so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, probably talking to people was probably, was probably the hardest thing that I had to learn young, you know, when I was young and starting out. So. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, now next one here is, um, one thing that you never travel without besides, you know, like your essentials, the wallet, money, all that stuff, your driver's license, like one thing that you always travel with. Oh, goodness. You know, either a, something to hunt with or something to fish with. Generally, you know, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I do have to go to meetings once in a while. Like I might have to go to Clam in Minneapolis or whatever. I'm obviously not hauling my fishing gear, but uh, I don't know. Um, I guess my billfold, my phone, and I, I guess what's probably maybe shocking is I can travel with practically nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is, that's true. Yeah, I mean. Most people, it takes them longer to pack than it does anything else. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many toothbrushes I bought at gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason, how many uh, different states' fishing license do you figure you've bought over the years? Oh, my. I mean, have you done the east and west coast, or do you pretty much stay here in the upper Midwest? Well, we do most of our filming in the Midwest. Um which right then there, I mean, we've probably got, you know, 10 fishing licenses. I mean, all the you know, Arkansas, Missouri, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, North and South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Idaho. Uh, let's see, then I've been down to Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, um, Texas, Oh, where else? You know, I haven't done a lot of stuff, you know, like Washington's still on my bucket list, you know, as far as the Columbia River. I haven't done that yet. I've never, see, I have fished in California, I guess, but, uh, you know, like the East Coast, like the Northeast, I guess I've been up to Vermont and New York, but, um, Pennsylvania, but, uh, I mean, there's some places where I haven't fished, but boy, there's a lot of states. I would say over half the states I've fished in easily. That's, That's incredible. Impressive. All right. My last one for you is, do you have any fishing superstitions? No. Well, yes. <laughs> I don't, 
I don't really get like like you know like some people they got to wear the same shirt five days in a row or I, I don't care about bananas. I eat bananas in the boat all the time. Um, I love bananas. It's good healthy food. You can buy it at a gas station. You know, I mean those mini tacos and corn dogs after a while just kill you. Uh, I don't banana, know about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, a banana is just good, clean, fun. You know, and so I eat bananas all the time. I don't I don't really buy into much, but. Um, but I am superstitious as far as, uh, you know, like making fun of somebody's fishing abilities or whatever is don't, don't make fun of anybody. Don't talk about anybody, whatever, when you really need to catch fish, because otherwise you will look like the clown that you're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, I'm that's... superstitious that way. <laughs> don't talk trash. <laughs> well, I'm screwed. <laughs> uh, Jason, do you have any hunting or fishing trips that are really on the bucket list? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always things that I'm looking at. I mean, I'd love to do the peacock bass thing or even the, you know, bass fishing in Mexico. I've always thought it was a bucket list. I'm going up to Alaska this summer. That's kind of a bucket list thing for me. We're going to do a bunch of steelhead and salmon fishing in some streams up there. Wow. Uh, You know, as far as hunting, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, I don't know how much time, you know, like I went on a dull sheep hunt up in the Yukon, which is just incredible. That was a bucket list thing for me my whole life, you know, and finally, you know, I did that probably about six years ago now. And, um, I always thought it'd be neat to, you know, do like an Alberta bighorn or something like that. But, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, those sheep hunts are tough, you know, physically and mentally too, but, uh, you know, you only have so many years where you can physically, where you're able to do it, where your body can do it, you know? And so I don't know, I figure maybe have maybe five, 10 years left where I could probably do something like that. It's kind of, you know, it's the, it's the old adage where when you're in the best shape of your life, you don't have any money to do it. And then if you could afford to do it, well, then you're older and you're not as good enough shape, you know. And so trying to find that middle ground where yeah. you're, uh, you can try to swing it and then, and then you know, your body can do it, you know. But there's uh, some hunts that way that uh, I would love to do, you know, God willing, but... Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of elk hunts and stuff, and I, you know, I, I, I elk hunt every year. I just love that. I mean, I, I absolutely love elk hunting, um, and so that's something I do every year. Oh, this year I drew a, a Missouri River Breaks elk archery tag, and so, you know, that was, you know, that's going to be a pretty special hunt, but uh, try to get down to Wyoming or Colorado every year elk hunting, and then I'm always applying for different areas too, but, you know, you might get drawn once in 10 years in a, in a really good unit, you know, so... You, know, you just all you can do is apply and hope, you know. So well, that's very cool. Uh, you know, Jason, I think we covered a lot of stuff there. Uh, I I hope we asked you some questions that you know kind of made you think, and and uh, some questions that hopefully the listeners uh, you know had never heard you answer before. Um, but w- one thing that we'd like to ask you before we uh, before we let you go, what's your best Don Cox story? Oh. You know, here's what I'll tell you about Don Cox. And I tell any tell tell anybody this. You know, Don Cox is just a stand-up guy, mm-hmm. right? And he's going to be blushing and turning red, and, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, he is a stand-up stand-up guy. I love fishing with him. Love fishing around him. He's just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal angler. One of the best ice anglers that I know. To be honest with you, and. Uh, always a great time being around him. I mean, I would sign up to fish with Don Cox anytime, anywhere. And, 
just a great guy. Never get to see him enough. Never get to spend enough time with him. But when you do get to spend time with him, he's, he's a special guy. But you know, he, he's one of those guys though that you know you always hear people. You know, you hear you know now that guy will give you the shirt off of his back. Don Cox actually would. Yep. And then he would yep. fish without a shirt the rest of the day. I mean, he would. And uh, <laughs> I mean, there's been a couple of times now where, <coughs> excuse me, where we were up to Cascade, Idaho, with him. And uh, he's got some family up there. And I think Don could be like the mayor of Donnelly, Idaho. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, he's related to people, and everybody loves him, and he's he's the guy. I mean, everybody knows Don Cox. You know, he's just this great guy, great fisherman, and you know, he's kind of like the popular kid in school that everybody wants to hang out with. You know, and uh, you know, he's up there, and obviously, you know, all kinds of people are up there. You know, there's you know all kinds of people that know Don Cox that are friends with Don Cox and whatever, and. I can remember times where Don was running around most of the day just helping people, right? Where mm-hmm. somebody would break down, somebody would blow their belt, somebody would, you know, because, I mean, people are renting snowmobiles, whatever. And I remember, like, two years ago, we were up there, and the conditions were pretty brutal. I mean, lots of slush. People were breaking down. There was a boneyard of frozen snowmobiles, you know, frozen right into the lake, you know. And uh, I remember Don, you know, maybe like two or three days, it's like, I don't even know if the poor guy got to fish. He was just helping people, you know, uh, getting people unstuck, doing this, doing that. I mean, he was just dealing with like one headache after another, you know, and uh, thinking, man, you know, here, this is Don's trip. You know, he's the one that invited us all out here. And the poor guy doesn't even get to fish because all, everybody <laughs> needs something from Don, you know. <laughs> and uh, what was really cool is I remember the last day that we were there, you know, we went to this other part of the lake. We were just running and gunning, you know, just fishing spots that looked good on the map chip. And, uh, you know, he pops like a two six, like a two-pound, six-ounce perch, biggest perch I'd ever seen, you know. And, uh, you know what, I mean, there are fish gods because if somebody should have caught that fish, there couldn't have been a better person to catch that fish than Don, right? I mean, I mean, you know, because, I mean, he earned it not because of the fishing but because of, oh, all you know, I, I believe in karma, you know, and uh, – Don Cox is one of those guys that always has this big bubble of good karma around him because he's just such a decent, good human being, you know. And so I was so happy for him. It was so cool. I mean, just like, yes, you know, <laughs> the perch gods are fair, you know, because, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, if that's the thing is if you need something around Don, I mean, he stops what he's doing. He just helps everybody, you know, and he's just that kind of guy. So he's a stand-up individual, that's for sure. No, no doubt, doubt about it. Yeah, me and Matt, uh, we're uh, we're lucky enough to be hooked on hardwater pros out there for Craig Oiler, and and we've gotten to meet the Cox family, and uh, just an incredible bunch of dudes. Yeah, and Craig Oiler's another stand-up guy. I mean, just a super, super human being. Just a great guy. Couldn't couldn't build a better man than Craig Oiler. Isn't it really pretty incredible how many really good people there are in the fishing industry, though? Oh, there really is. I mean, it, yeah. And by and large, most most fishermen you meet are really good people, you know. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I always joke with people, you know, before you marry your daughter off or you go into business with somebody, take the dude fishing. And usually within three days, you find out everything you need to know about that person. You know, if, if they are a jerk, if they're a sneeze bag, if they're a snake, whatever you want to say, you'll know it by fishing with them. <laughs> you yep. know, or, or hunting with them you know especially deer hunting there's big horns you find out everything you need to know you know fishing <laughs> with a person for a short amount of time you know whether you want to do anything else in life you know because it's funny how fishing kind of brings that out of people yeah that's yeah. Really hide who you are you know so 
but there are some yeah i would say 95 percent of the people are, are are phenomenal and there's a lot of great great people in the industry that are just good salty earth people that uh you know trustworthy as a day is long so yep well that's another reason that you have that saw on your boat too is so <laughs> if somebody's trying to marry your daughter you can just let them know that i have this all the time <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go fishing first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Fly in camp, we're gonna be stranded on an island together and to see what you're all about. Right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, Jason, man, we we really appreciate you uh, taking time out of the day to uh, sit and chat with us. Uh, golly, this is really pretty incredible. You know, when me and Matt started this, uh, you know, you were, I mean, you were one of the top guys that we ever wanted to get on, and and to actually have it happen is just really neat. Well, thanks for having me. Call anytime, guys. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. See ya. You bet. Thank you. And that was the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Mitchell. Wing-eating champ. Yep. (laughs) Wing-eating champ. You know, he he didn't come right out and say, hey. uh, He was a little humble about him. He was was just like, like, yeah, hey, Oiler, that's. That's cool that you eat wings, but uh, I mean, <laughs> when you start comparing yourself to to uh, you know boa constrictors, constrictors and, yeah. and I was like, like all right, uh, Oiler, yeah. like you're out, you're yeah, out, you're done. <laughs> but with that being said, I picked Jason Mitchell. You did. Oiler after, picked Jason Mitchell. After hearing that, I, I'd have to go and change and say Jason Mitchell. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, like you said, anybody you know comparing themselves to an anaconda and just yeah. You don't want none. <laughs> That's right. Unless you got wings, son. That's right. That's a rule. That's a rule. No, man. God dang it. That was a lot of fun. A lot it of was. fun talking to him. Like like I said earlier, I really hope that uh, uh, a lot of you listeners, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a, a little sneak peek into, uh, you know, the Jason Mitchell that that you don't see on, on you know, his the videos. The that don't whatnot. get asked. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and – uh, I don't know that that's, you know, one of the big reasons that I wanted to ask Jason a lot of those questions is, is because, you know, on his videos and, and, uh, you know, in the other interviews that he's done and in his seminars, I mean, you do, I mean, you know, he, he talks a lot of the same stuff, but you know, I didn't know if Jason Mitchell drank coffee, right? You know, I mean, you know, every, everyone knows he's a, a fishing expert. Everyone knows, you know, that he's a walleye expert, whatever, but I don't know. It, now, God dang it, that was a lot of fun. Now the next interview he has, and somebody asks him what his craziest fan interaction was, he can say some two random dudes from Northwest Iowa that have a podcast called me up and wanted to talk questions with me. Two so. knuckleheads cold called me <laughs> and just started yakking. <laughs> Is this Jason? <laughs> we got questions for you. <laughs> Oh so. man, I'm so glad you didn't tell him that you were the guy that showed up at his house late one day. Yeah. Oh, that was me. He didn't <laughs> like that. <laughs> I just wanted to know if, if a three ounce bottom bouncer would work better than a two ounce bottom bouncer. <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, you caught him that night. You ended up catching him that night. I think. I think he said, "Yeah, get out of here." And, and so you you got out of there and you went and caught him. So that's right. Yeah. No, we appreciate him taking the time out and having some fun with us no doubt about it no doubt about it uh yeah matt you know obviously last uh last week i i tried to fill in as best as i could uh doing solo doing the intro and the outro uh uh me and you went on a little bass fishing mission and uh yeah i guess the podcast intro and outro uh took the back burner and, and i believe <laughs> that's, right. that's truly the way i mean uh We're I, you know I, right I, i've said it a million times we are a low budget no frills operation 
What I mean, you hear is what you get. That's pretty much <laughs> it, guys. I mean, we uh, we're just a couple of regular old dudes recording in my basement, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. We don't we don't got much much money into this, and uh, I don't know. In any time that I've got a chance to either record or go fishing, we're going fishing. Eleven times out of ten, we're setting hooks. So there's sometimes like I wish that you know we could go back to the days when we didn't have to be quiet down here and I could just yell up to Kayla and be like, Kayla, meatloaf. <laughs> Where's that meatloaf? <laughs> what is she doing? I never I know, know what, what she's, she's doing, doing <laughs> over there. <laughs> oh, God, dang it. What an idiot. Good, good. More for More me and you. Us. Oh, man. No, we did. We did catch a few fish, some quality. Like, you know, that was we we went, we set out with one mission and that was to try to catch, like, a couple big fish. Yep, yep. We weren't going necessarily for numbers. If numbers would have happened over big fish, then we would have said we were going for numbers over big well, fish. Exactly, but exactly. It just so happened that we didn't catch the numbers, but we caught some big ones. I still can't wrap my brain around what happened to my Rapala scale. Right. You don't. You can't find it? I can't find it. I bet you it's probably in your truck somewhere, in your boat. And you... yeah, I've got a new pickup. I know. I mean, it's new to me, but I mean, like... There's not that much stuff in it. Like, it's, I've got a Blackfish Gale hoodie, a car seat base. Who and makes probably, the car seat? I don't know. Not Rapala. Okay, I don't Is know. Is it Rapala you're, or Rapala? You're starting to kind of go mega motor on us there, so I always say Rapala. <laughs> you are really going to come at me right now with some mega motin? <laughs> well, no. You you had your Gale Force, your Blackfish Gale Force hoodie. It's I not a Gale maybe, Force hoodie. I don't know. what. I See, it's I don't a know. Gale. G E H L. A Gale hoodie. God, I Gale could, Force sounds could, better. <laughs> sounds better to morons like you. <laughs> For those of us I mean, you're you're into talking about fishing. Talking about it. I'm into fishing. Fishing. You are. You are. We that proved it the other day. You're definitely into talking fishing. <laughs> when I'm sitting there going, are you ever going to set the hook on it? Hey, it, has, it? It has your bait. Take, set the hook. Set I, the hook. Even the kid on the shore was like, hey, mister, are you going to set the, your hook or what? The fish ate your lure a long time ago. Hey, mister. <laughs> fish are swimming away. Hey, did I land it? You did. I mean. I tried swinging at it many times with the net to try to knock it off, but. Yeah, you did. You beat me, though. You beat me. I had more. Yeah, I think you probably beat me five to one. Uh, yeah, something like that. But, but I but I had big fish, and that's all fish. that really matters. Cause yep, you took the big fish pot. Because you're an MLF guy, and you want to catch a bunch <laughs> of them, and I just want to catch biggies. Every time I set the hook, I was like, biggies only. Biggies only. Biggin. Biggin. Only. Biggin. Giant. Could've, could've Giant. Could have done uh, uh, the Aaron Weeb. On. On. Well, we, we had a conversation. These fish that we could see, we could see them swimming around. The water was clear, yep, shallow enough, yep. enough that we, then we'd pitch to them, kind of be stealthy and pitch to them, and try to. And we were lucky enough to catch two big ones that way. And you and I were talking on the way back. You know, these were like four to five pound fish. Imagine, imagine what it's like for those guys down south that are bed fishing ten plus pound. Oh jeez. I mean, oh, what geez. do they look like? I mean. We're sitting there looking, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay, there it is. I mean, there was another one that we never hooked up on that was another big one that right. was probably yep. in that five-pound range. Yep. And it's just like there was times where you had to really look to see them. Yep. I mean, imagine what it looks – they got to look like little blimps down there. I mean, it's like – For sure. I, I mean, mean, if the conditions are right, you got to be able to be like, holy buckets, what is that thing? Oh, that's an, that's a bass. Yep. 
So no, I mean it's got to look like a dang carp down there, right? I mean, I really, know. truly, no, no, uh, yeah, pretty incredible. There was a Bassmaster Open. There was a there was yeah uh, a week a week ago. Northern guys did really uh, yeah, a lot of them on, did really good uh, down in Pickwick. Yeah, a lot yeah, of lot Denny of Fiedler uh, up in the top ten. Andy. Rebar, Ryber. Hyber or something like that, yeah. Hybar. He did well. Top, what did you say he got fourth? He got fourth. Fiedler yeah. got eighth, I believe. A lot of guys. A lot and of, then there was more northern guys right. that were in the top 25. That finished in the money. A yep. lot of guys did. Yep. Co-anglers. Sobe did well in the co-angler side. So. Cash and checks, snapping necks. Uh, uh, Brock, Brock uh, B-Rock Outdoors, he yeah. also was in the top. Uh, he got paid. So um, I think even there was... Uh, was Novak? He uh, was in the top. Jacob Novak was in the top. I think that Zakurik or whatever. He was he was up yeah. in the money someplace. I yeah. think. Yep. He finished like seventeenth. Jay yep. did. Ain't yeah. Nothing Jake, with that. Jacob Novak. He uh, ended up uh, in ninth place in the co angler side. So. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yep. Same as B Lockwood uh, at the NWT. He sure did. So, no, pretty cool. Uh, we appreciate all the uh, – one more thing that I wanted to say. We appreciate all the interactions uh, on on uh, the last few Facebook posts that, that we've put up. Uh, yeah, it's You know, there's a lot, lot of people, fun. you know, giving us crap. And uh, I uh, I had a lot of fun with the Bryce Nilsson uh, back and forth. <laughs> he, he said something about my bass being an eater. And uh, uh, so I told him that I like uh, – you know, it, it was one thing cool to fry up some uh, nice trophy walleyes, but uh, a lot funner to – to uh, use them as cut bait for bass and cats. <laughs> so, that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, we we really we we love interacting with you guys. You know, uh, we're just in, anyone who's listened to the podcast knows that uh, we prefer to uh, be sarcastic instead of uh, be serious. And uh, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it uh, it's not good for us. But uh, no, I mean start start razzing us on social media. Start Definitely. razzing us. We especially Matt. Start razzing Matt a little bit more. If you're good at Photoshop, we really need you. <laughs> we really do. We haven't so, done that for a while. No, we yeah, you kind of. Photoshop for It's like you took a break. I did. I just, you know, it, it was time to kind of concentrate on fishing a little bit. But don't worry. They're always, uh, it's not that I'm not making we them. Know, we know <laughs> you've got a couple I'm, thousand on deck. So. They're, they're locked and loaded. So, yep. no, at Okaboji Open. Yep, Okaboji Open. 27 pounds to win. Seven one was the big bass. Six eight was like second big bass, and there was like a ton of five plusers caught. Yep. You talk about a fishery on fire right now. No doubt. And maybe about just it. the conditions. You yeah, know, worked being, out. They haven't spawned yep. and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, it was like twenty three pounds for second place, all the way down to fifth place was like twenty one. So I mean, you really had to catch them that day to be up there in the money. So. Yep. And on the horizon, Minnesota fishing opener. It is. It's coming up. Uh, that's a pretty incredible deal. I saw that the, uh, uh, you know, this this uh, last weekend was um, doo, 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 uh, Iowa Great Lakes fishing opener, and I think that there was like two thousand one hundred and thirty five paid contestants. Is that how many were? In yep, that I believe that's what it is. Can you imagine if everybody in the state of Minnesota that's going to go fishing this coming weekend paid five bucks? Right, five bucks. I'm like, wh- imagine, imagine, imagine if the DNR came in and said, hey. An extra line license for fifteen dollars, just like down here in Iowa. Oh, geez! <laughs> imagine, I mean, just because how many can Minnesota have? One, 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 one. Just imagine if they did that. We can have two here under a regular license, license and, and pay for a, a third. third license. 
Imagine if they came out and said $15 and you get an extra line license. Cha-ching. Oh, man. (laughs) Everybody would buy it. Everybody would buy it. Do you think so? Do you think so? Guarantee everybody I I was going to say, what percentage do you think would truly buy it? I think... 85%? Yeah, if not more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because even even the bass guys would buy it. Tell you who ain't going to pay it. Grandpa Deitch. No, Grandpa would. No, yeah. free fishing license. Free fishing. Well, <laughs> if they added extra to that, he'd still buy it. So. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, so uh, good luck to everybody up in Minnesota, even Bryce Nilsson. Yeah. That's uh, going to be out on the... Uh, um, going to be out on the uh, on the hunt for some walleyes. Uh, I saw Bryce and his dad uh, fished uh, a tournament up there. Uh, I think Traverse. Is that is that one section... Uh, farther north than Big Stone? Is that? Yeah. No. No, Bryce. It's it's north. It's north of uh, Big Stone. Traverses? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cody Nilsson also fished that one, but oh, they, okay. yeah, I th- think, uh, I'm, I'm probably a couple listeners did, but uh, I think both of them did. I think Bryce fished it with his dad. I don't know who Cody fished it with but uh he sent us a picture of some walleye some crappies and definitely yep so i don't know matt you got a good news story i do have a good news story Ooh, let's hear it i do uh it's a grandpa deitch one all right so the other night my grandpa gets a call from his friend at a lake that he likes to go do fishing lifelong friend and says hey bill crappies are biting they just started this app late this afternoon towards the evening Crappies are going. So, Grandpa, all excited. It's a Friday night. It's 9 o'clock. He's just like, oh, I better call Joe, my dad, and let him know that it's time to go. I better call Joe and let him know that it's time to go. But he was a little nervous because it's after 9 o'clock and he didn't want to call. He didn't want to wake Dad up in case Dad had to work in the morning because Dad gets up to go to work pretty early. So, the next day, Grandpa gets up nice and early. Puts his coat on over his pajamas <laughs> and drives down by my mom and dad's house, past my mom and dad's house to see, see if, if the lights are on. To see if the vehicle's there. Because if he knows the vehicle's there, then he knows that dad's not working already at that time. So then he drives back up home, calls dad, <laughs> and gets dad on the phone and says, Hey, it's time to go fishing. Let's go, Joe. And they went up there and they caught themselves in limited crappies. So. Both of them did, huh? Yep. Nice. Got nice. after them. Like I said, Grandpa's low on fish, so he's been eating it all. So he need, he's like, we need to get some for the Deitch fish fry. So that's kind of our mission here pretty soon is to go on a on a meat run. Nice, nice. So that would be mine. Yep, no, mine, uh, you know, the other day, obviously, Matt, uh, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit ago. Me and you were out in my boat on uh, uh, on a local pond, a public, uh, you know, a public lake. I don't know what you would call it, but right. uh, blah, blah, blah. We were out there and... Uh, um, I just thought it was really cool that uh, there was quite a few younger uh, younger boys, you know, I don't know, in the uh, anywhere from probably 12 to 16, maybe that, yep. that one kid. Yep. And, uh, you know, we 
we held conversations with them. You know, we were out there on the boat and they were seeing fish and we were asking them what they were throwing and we were giving them, you know, kind of razzing, you know, there was two, I don't know, I would say that they were, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old and uh, they were throwing some Guggen squad uh, baits and, you know, you were kind of giving them the business about the Guggen squads and, you know, they were, they were kind of having fun back with us. Uh, the fish that I caught, you know, we kind of told that story earlier. Uh, you know, there was probably a 15, 16 year old, uh, a uh, young guy up on the up on the banks and he was kind of watching these fish swim around and and he watched mine eat and you know I mean he was helping us out yep. you know telling us where he thought some fish were and uh I don't know it it was just it was refreshing it was. it was refreshing to you know there was a lot of people out there and you know we talked to you know one of the dads you know kind of him and his daughter were sitting there and you know we were BSing with them you know hey you come out here often no you know not a ton whatever and you know just I don't know just a bunch of people on a on a Sunday afternoon just freaking having fun fishing. Yep, and that's what it was about. You know, yep. that guy, his two sons were out there in kayaks, and he was kind of like, hey, make sure you stay out of those guys' way. It's like, he's not in our way. Yeah. It's yep. like, you let him go and fit. We were actually trying to help him, like, hey, you know, right over here, like yep. throw it over here and stuff. So, like you said, it was refreshing, you know, everything that's good about Yep, it was, it was, it was a slow pace. Just everyone was out there for all the right reasons, and uh, – um, yeah, I guess for that, I have one more then. Holy moly. I have one more. No restrictions on Iowa fishing tournaments now. Ooh, yeah. At yep. the weigh-ins. You yep. can, there's no, you know, restrictions. You can just do what normally was. Everybody can stand there and watch the weigh-in and do all that and shake hands afterwards. And Matt can go back to kissing the guy in second place and... <laughs> And smack him bass. Yeah, smack. <laughs> smack him on the tail before you release him. That's always a trick. <laughs> Give him a little pat. Everyone, everyone knows that. So. <laughs> oh, Did man. you just smack that bass? I smack that bass all the time. Yeah, the walleye guys are slipping the tongue. And... <laughs> They're afraid of the teeth. Yeah, we're we're moving along, guys. This is this is. How oh, dang it! It's it's been a while since hey, we've really gone hey, off the rails. You heard it. Jason Mitchell said it. You know he loves bass fishing. Yep. So hey. Yep, I I think I might play that here at the end of the podcast again. So, <laughs> that's your new ringtone. That's right, it is. James <laughs> Mitchell and I love bass fishing. <laughs> oh man! All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Later.